This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. A great hand reached out of the dark and grasped mine for a moment, mightily and tenderly. I said to myself, the veil between, though very dark, is very thin. Hello, and welcome to The Thin Place, the Film Geek Radio podcast devoted to discussions of religion, faith, and spirituality in film. Your hosts for this episode are Todd Truffin, that's me, and Ken Moorfield. That's me. This is episode number 12 for March 2012. Our topic for this episode is Undefeated, the 2011 Academy Award-winning documentary film by directors Daniel Lindsay and T.J. Martin. This episode is not a spoiler-free discussion. If you have not yet seen the film and do not want plot spoilers, now would be a good time to check out one of the other great podcasts on Film Geek Radio. So, Ken, we have this week a documentary film. Um, What is Undefeated about? Well, Undefeated is a sports documentary. Quick shout-out or aside, I'd like to thank the Weinstein Corporation for providing The Thin Place with the screener to uh, review the film. It uh, takes place at a poorer area of Memphis, Tennessee, with a historically not very good uh, sports team. They have a new coach, Bill Courtney, who has been gradually improving the team largely because of a cadre of young men who all decided to attend the school together and have been uh, playing football for a couple years. This is their senior season, and he has a goal at the beginning of the year that uh, he his hope for Manassas High School is that they will win the first playoff game in their history. And the school's been around for over 100 years. Yes. So this has been a... You know, there, there is something here about making that first big playoff win. Right. The football season provides the structure. Ultimately, I think that the football is a bit of a context uh, for really exploring this coach's relationship with his players, particularly uh, there are three players that are highlighted, O.C. Brown, uh, uh, Montreal Money Brown, and a young gentleman named Chavis. Chavis Daniels. Chavis Daniels. So uh, those are the three main players that uh, interact uh, most frequently with the coach. Yeah, so it, it, it is one of those interesting you know, kind of sports movies that, on the one hand, yes, it's about the sports season. It's about the team and how it goes through the season. Um, but really, I, I think I would agree, it, it's about some of the much bigger issues of you know, how do these young men coming from the circumstances they're in achieve any kind of success and, and what this coach is doing with, with these young men. Right. Well, what is this coach doing? Yeah, what is this coach doing? <laughs> I um, asked you first. <laughs> what is this coach doing? Well, in, in the best sense, um, he is certainly, you know, part of the reason the program has never been successful and has certainly in the most recent years before he came was, you know, basically the laughingstock of not just Memphis high school football, but apparently the entire western half of the state um, would 
take this team. They would, you know, they would pay the team money to come to their their stadium and so they could beat up on them for a game and get an easy victory. Um, and one of the things that it appears the coach is doing is you know, not just turning the program around, but these kids are coming from circumstances where nothing really is going right for them. Um, they're being born into very poor, impoverished situations. They don't get a lot of positive feedback. They don't, many of them, the fathers are not in the picture. And one of the things that I saw as a theme, that, at least of what Courtney thought he was doing, Coach Car- Courtney, was he grew up without a father himself. Yes. And he is, he knows what that's like. And so he sees these kids and he thinks, I can, he's very clear, he says, I can't be their father. But he can be this, you know, male presence in their life, giving them some guidance, um, training them, having someone there to be proud of them. And, And I think, you know, on some level, his goal there is really to give them a chance to build character, reveal character. Character is one of the themes that he's constantly bringing up with with these young men. Yeah, I want to talk about character in just a sec. I, I will say the thing that I liked about the whole father motif uh, in terms of Courtney's backstory is that they draw a connection between his own lack of a father and empathy, which I think is a, a key theme in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And how empathy is very different from sympathy or or other things. That is to say, his goal in dealing with the young man is that he says, I want them to know that there's nothing wrong with them. That it's not because they are bad people that they were born into this situation or that, you know, there's a relationship between that their economic or social position is not a reflection of their moral worth and that that desire to instill that message comes from him having to struggle to overcome his own feelings of worthlessness uh, of feeling like well if your father doesn't want to be around Mm -hmm. you then what kind of person do you must be Uh, you had touched on a key theme that actually was part of why i wanted to talk about this film from a film from a thin place perspective uh, which was this notion of, of character. The documentary seems to me to be written or filmed around a thesis. Uh, it's not just about plot, will they win or will they right. not. Although, spoiler alert, the title Undefeated is... Rather a misnomer. Yeah, rather a misnomer since they lose their first game. So uh, I'm about five minutes into the movie and I'm like, undefeated. But very early on, the coach articulates before the season starts uh, his philosophy of coaching which I think the film pretty much adapts and says uh, winning will take care of itself if you make the right decisions because young men of character find that good things happen in football and in life so I'm going to uh, really put an emphasis on making good decisions, making right choices. Uh, the tagline on the DVD case of you know the movie poster is character will be revealed. And that goes yeah. back to the coach saying uh, football doesn't build character, football reveals character. Right. Now part of why I wanted to talk about that is that I, I think that's certainly a positive message. 
I'm not entirely sure that the documentaries seem to seem very persuasive to me about that thesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to me very much a movie about football building character, not necessarily right. about revealing character. In, in fact, uh, many of the players start from places that they have a lot of trouble making decisions, and it's only through the intercession of the coach uh, and the discipline that they learn from being in football that the character actually develops. And so that got me thinking about, well, why is there such insistence in the filtering or the shaping of the material to say, no, this is about revealing what's already there, not about building character, even to the point where sometimes it seems as though there's a lot of interesting material or incidents that are worth contemplating or thinking about, but the film, rather than dealing with some of the complexities of that situation or that theme, seems reluctant to probe beyond the surface of this very superficial message Mm -hmm. of what character is revealed, and if you have good character, then good things will happen. And, And it's not that I disagree with that particular message, but I think that in both the film and in life, uh, it's a little bit more complicated. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of key moments in the film that, that really just, on the one hand, they're the big you know, set pieces, if you will, right. as much as you can have a set piece in a documentary, um, of here's the moment where we learn and you, you, we see the fruit of mm-hmm. character. Um, and yet, I mean, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, yes, Certain things, they probably happened because the young man had character, but there are so many other things that had to go into creating the possibility for this outcome that certainly character was part of it, but there was, there's, right. there's lots of other young men who are going to make the same good choices and they're not going to get the big prize. Right. Well, and, and you know, it's hard for me to discuss the particular example uh, without spoilers, so, you know, again, we'll just repeat the spoiler alert for those. It's not a spoiler-free podcast, but if you, you haven't seen it, um, this would be a good time to fast forward or come back. Uh, but certainly the, the documentary gold moment is when uh, the coach is dealing with, I believe it's OC, right? It was the... the Depends on which, which gold moment we're going Well, for. okay, he, he's been injured. Oh, that's money. Money. Okay, okay. so money. Uh, the coach is dealing with money. And Money's one of his go-to players, and he's injured in early in the season, and he's working very hard to get back on the field, and eventually he gets to come back for the playoff game, and the coach gets a phone call, and he calls Money over and says, he has a very long preface before he tells him, in which he says, remember how I told you that if you make the right decisions, good things will happen. Right. And and he's like, yes, coach. And, and, well, you know, as evidence of that, one of the assistant coaches has a friend who's heard your story and has agreed to pay for your college tuition. You've got, you know, a full ride wherever you can uh, go to college or, or go to that, that you'll be taken care of. And it's a wonderful moment. Uh, money is overwhelmed. Yes. Uh, you see the, the emotion. And it's hard not to be overwhelmed yourself 
with this feeling that, wow, you know, you realize the impact of having uh, that happen, the change that that's going to make on that young man's life. And on one sense, yes, chronologically and somewhat causally, there is a relationship between good choices that money made right. and that outcome. He would not have had the man offer to pay his tuition if he hadn't played football, if he had just dropped out of the team, you know, dropped out of right. uh, the team. But the irony or the complexity that the film doesn't always necessarily go with is that money does, in fact, quit the team. He stops going to practice, and it's only because the coach goes and gets him, as he does with a lot of the other people, and says, no, stick with it. It's important. Right. Money talks about how there's another player, Chavis, who has been a discipline problem uh, throughout, who had missed a year of the team because he was in the penitentiary, who was welcomed back on the team, who was starting fights, uh, you know, who was suspended for a particular period and saying, well, they say three strikes and you're out, but... He's had 50. He's had 50, and he's still getting, you know, he's still getting opportunities, and I'm struggling and may not ever get to play again. I, I think that there's definitely a theme of perseverance that's admirable in Money's perseverance, and it's great that he makes a right decision, uh, and that that right decision is rewarded. But here, as in many places in the film, it comes across less to me as a causal relationship. You made a good decision and something happened and more of a positive reinforcement relationship. Mm -hmm. If you make a good decision, we will give you positive reinforcement in order to reinforce the moral lesson that we want you to learn, which is good decisions will lead to good consequences. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, the deck, the deck seems to be stacked. That's, that sounds a little more cynical than I actually feel. Okay. Um, but that it, it actually seems to me as though the coaches are rigging the system or reinforcing good behavior in order to underline their philosophy rather than just seeing their philosophy uh, pan out in real life and drawing people's attention to, mm -hmm. you know... Um, the natural result of the behavior. Does that make sense? It does. I, and it's, I mean, and part of the problem, I think, of the film not trying to deal at all with any of the complexities is that there, there's actually several different themes or issues in wrapped up in that one gold moment. Right. Um, certainly, I think, you know, you, you've brought up one. Um, you know, the, the other one, you know, is... And they don't really deal with it that much in the film, but there is an you know there is an interesting racial dynamic to this whole thing. Yes, in that all of the players are black. All of the you know at least all the coaches that we see, except for I mean, maybe there is one black coach, but they're all white. The coach that replaces Courtney at the end is, is, black. is black. Okay, and but you know, money's situation doesn't happen if you don't have a bunch of these rich white guys that are coming into the inner city doing good things. Mm -hmm. um, there's no doubt about it. The, you know, these guys are giving up their time and their energy, and it takes a lot of energy. Um, the amount of, especially with the head coach, um, Bill Courtney, I mean, the efforts that he goes to to reach out to these young men 
is admirable and, mm -hmm. and sacrificial, no doubt about it. Um, but without you know these angels coming in and stepping down, money's good choices don't get the reward. And you know, just it kept making me think. Okay, so what about the high school in the neighborhood over? Mm -hmm. You know, this philosophy, this idea that character will get be rewarded, is only true if there is this support system to give the rewards. Right. And it's not a universal that that the that the film and the coach I think seems to be trying to make it out to be. Right. Well. In hearing my own voice talking about it or hearing it mm -hmm. sound it, I, I keep thinking I sound more cynical than I feel right. because it's not as though I don't think. You know, it's not as though I think that there is an economy, a spiritual or moral economy mm -hmm. in the fabric of the universe that says there's no relationship between good choices and good outcomes. I, I, I honestly do believe that in a longitudinal perspective, better things happen to you if you make right. good choices or right choices than if you make bad ones. Uh, but I, I don't think it's as frequent or pat and dry as the film makes it mm -hmm. out to be. Uh, I was thinking a lot about in, in relation to the film The Book of Ecclesiastes, which is you know one of my my favorite books of the Old Testament of the Bible. And that's a theme which Solomon, supposedly the wisest man who ever lived, if you right. believe the Hebrew scriptures, uh, really struggles with. He gets to the end of his life, and there's two constant refrains in Ecclesiastes. One is, I have seen, and that's usually under the sun. I have seen under the right. sun, and I know. But the whole book is is a tension between what I have been told is true. Mm -hmm. I have been told that God is just, that God is loving, that God is merciful, that it's better to, you know, be responsible. But I look around under the sun and I have seen the race is not always to the swift. The battle is not always to the strong. In the seat of power, uh, the mocker is there. Uh, that uh, the loving man with the family dies. Yeah. You know, the same I'm reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 6. I have seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavily on men. God gives a man wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing his heart desires, but God does not enable him to enjoy them, and a stranger enjoys them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. And I just think that it's, it's telling to me that Solomon... I mean, I believe Solomon is the author of Ecclesiastes. I don't need to get into a whole big uh, exegesis qualat if you, any of you Old Testament scholars are out there. But he even uses the word evil, mm -hmm. you know, in talking about that that lack of clear, definable relationship between one status on earth, you know, one status in the world. And one's moral standing before God and, you know, what I would call a spiritual fog of war, you know, or a spiritual fog of evil is that sense of my, my moral sense of the universe gets undercut because I'm constantly being told this is the way the universe is. This is the way that, that God is. And yet 
I don't always see that connection play out in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, this is not the film that I was given. That's a lot of times, you know, take the film as it is, not the film that I was given. But the film that I wanted uh, was one that would probe a little bit deeper and acknowledge the fact, you know, rather than emphasizing the fact and saying, yes, this is, let us reassert yet again, this is the moral fabric of the universe when your good, good things happen, and acknowledge some of the confusion in the universe that smarter people than I have, I saw, have really struggled with and said, yeah, I really do believe this, but part of my burden, if I believe this, is I have to acknowledge and deal with the fact that people are going to look around the world and say, really? Mm-hmm. You, you know, really? Right. And no one in the film really kind of looks around and ever seems to question or challenge you know, that contention and go, really? You know, really? I mean, money does a little bit, you know, yeah. but in the confessional to the camera, never to the, co- you know, never to the coach. Um, sure. You know, the coach does maybe a little bit when he complains and says, I sacrifice a lot for you all. I'm not with my own family. I'm not with my own kid. You know, I'm not with my own kids. I'm investing emotional capital that I don't have. You know, I... I get, he says at one point in Chavis, I give and you don't, you know, you don't give back. Right. So there seem to be places where people experience the lack of this is not the way that it's supposed to work. But rather than really then question and say, is the relationship between decision and outcome a little bit more complex? It's just sort of like, oh yeah, this is frustrating, but let me reassert yet right. again. And I, I agree with you. To play devil's advocate a little bit, I would say that perhaps... Or angel's advocate. Or angel's advocate. Devil's advocate to my devil's argument. (laughs) Is perhaps one of the things that the film... One of the ways perhaps maybe the film is trying to get at some of that is... I mean, you are right. I mean, one of the things I think is kind of interesting, um, and as a teacher I found this interesting, is just how open the coach was with the students about his feelings... Mm-hmm. Um, and saying, you know, I'm doing, the, you know, he's very clear, I am doing this for you, I, this is why I'm doing this for you, and you, this is the crap you give me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's very open right. with them about that. And, you know, which, it's not my style, but I certainly found it interesting to think about what kind of dynamic does that set up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we see Money struggling through his rehab and wanting to quit. And through his physical rehab. Through his physical yeah, rehab. Yeah. On his knee. Yes, important. Sometimes people hear the yeah, word no, rehab. That's, and... that's an important yeah. distinction. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to quit his physical rehab. You know, we see Chavis, who's continually making bad, you know, choices until something finally clicks in his head. Um, yeah, and we do see those things. And I think one, one way that the narrative could be being put together is say it's not easy to make right choices right um and sometimes we fall sometimes we make mistakes and we get but we get back up and we move forward Mm -hmm. um now i say the film could be saying that i think one of the problems perhaps is that when the film is so over the top hammering you with you know its thesis character will you know character equals good things Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't also reinforce this is part of the story. 
And and maybe that's part of the you know, the complexity not being dealt with is that they, they don't highlight it or punch it up as much as they do the other thing. But again, I mean, I'm I'm making the angels advocate argument here. Right. And well I think you're right that, that that that's there. And I think that's why ultimately I mean, I think that's there in the material, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, again, we're probably, that's a compelling argument to me, and that's actually a lesson that I extracted from the film, and I'll talk about it in just a second, but I think we're ultimately, again, talking about the film that we wanted right. rather than the film that we got, and so I think the flaw or some of my criticisms are, you know, or not, I don't even want to say criticisms, that's a little too harsh, some of my reservations. Right. Uh, because, I mean, this was, did win the Oscar for Best Documentary, and I saw an awful lot of good documentaries last year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Hot Coffee, Buck, um, I had another one in my top ten, I thought I had three documentaries. Um, Elmo. Uh, yeah, being Elmo, uh, that where the documentarians didn't just have in my mind an eye for dramatic material, but the skill to shape that material in order to probe mm-hmm. a, a subject. I, I, I do think there is a place for documentar- documentaries that don't shape and editorialize it. Just turn the camera on right. and say, you know, um, draw your draw your own conclusions. But those are usually pretty dramatic events or something right. like that. Uh, some of the better ones w- would shape the material. And I think that you're right, that there is an element in here that's very strong. Uh, perhaps they were a little scared of because they didn't want to come across as being racist or playing up the racial overtones right. about how difficult it was. I-, I got to that point through thinking about positive reinforcement. The coach's style was, you know, if a player acted up in a meeting, he would ask them 10 times, you know, be quiet, go sit over there. If they would walk away, he would follow them right. and say, please come back, please come back, please come back. And the 10th time he asked them and they complied, he would say, thank you. You know, I appreciate you doing that. And that's very different to my style of, you know, I'm teaching, I'll ask you once. And after that, you right. know, the consequences are, uh, you know, are yours to bear. But I came to realize, too, the, the, the thing that I told my wife about that theme, said I came to realize, you know, the people that he's dealing with on a day-to-day basis and the people that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis are starting from different points. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make that a a, a moral generalization of African-Americans or even poor people. What I would say is that people who live in harsh environments, the skill set needed to survive is very different than the skill set needed to survive in a cooperative team endeavor. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just a matter of revealing the character. It it is, I hate to use this military metaphor, but it's about breaking down bad habits, um, which in the environment of a harsh environment aren't even necessarily bad habits. They're necessary habits. They're they're bad habits for this other thing. But before we can even reveal character or build character, we have to deal with the reality of the situation that you're in and simply going to a person who is struggling to survive and saying, make a good choice. Right. Well, okay, I quoted Ecclesiastes earlier. (laughs) I can quote James yet again. I think I did in the earlier telecast of, you know, going to a person and saying, I know you're hungry, I know you're poor, I know you're struggling, but be warm, be well fed, (laughs) you you know, go to school, Stay, Stay stay, stay in school. And... Uh, to say, yeah, that's that's not going to get it done. And, and sometimes if you're dealing with people who are used to you lying to them repeatedly or selling a bell of 
goods, then sometimes maybe you do have to prove yourself a little bit more mm-hmm. rather than saying, here is the lesson, it's up to you to, to, to learn it. But I think difficulty of saying that without coming across as, you know, making racial generalizations or class generalizations is a little risky. So it's easier to just stay on that surface of, you know, let's keep hammering home the, you know, the positive message. Right. Well, and it, it does, I mean, there is this interesting, there's this one, one of the other storylines um, is a young man, O.C. Brown, who is, the way they introduce him, he is just this, you know, freak of nature, good athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's huge. He's like 300 pounds, and I don't know how tall, um, moves incredibly fast, um, and is just has a real head for the game. And, and they, they show us these wonderful films of other high school games he'd been in. And just you're just like, wow. Um, he's not the best student. And coaches get together and they're trying to figure out his, his grandmother and his sister, who are the ones raising him, um, have kind of decided that he needs to stop playing football and focus on his academics. Um, and the coaches persuade them to allow OC to continue playing football if they follow through on this plan, um, where OC goes and lives with one of the coaches for part of the week. Um, he gets tutoring. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's this interesting little dance they're making. Because on the one hand, I mean, they're, they're clear. One of the reasons that he has to go live with the coach is that they can't get any tutors to go tutor OC where OC lives. In his neighborhood. In none his of, neighborhood. None of the tutors will go. None of the tutors will go. It's a dangerous neighborhood. It's, you know, whatever. And that, you know, that's what, you know, what, what it is. What I thought was interesting is later in the film, when there are some college recruiters coming to visit, you know, they don't go to OC's house. You know, mm-hmm. Usually the recruiters will go to the player's house and talk with the player's parents or guardians or whatever, but they go to the coach's house. And, and you see OC's grandmother and sister, and the grandmother to me was looking very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because the, the coach's house is just this ostentatiously fantastic, rich person's house. Um, and definitely out of their element. Um, and it just, it, it struck me that they went to the rich guy's house for the recruiter. I understood kind of with the tutor, but with the recruiter, I was like, hmm. And, and it just, it seemed to me that, that that was a problem. And part of it being, you know, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about this idea of character equaling success. And looking forward, it, it's a very inspirational story. They don't want to. Look, the film doesn't seem to want to look backwards and say, "Okay, if that's our thesis, what does that say then about where these kids are coming from?" And you know, we're, we're back to the complexities of the universe, I think. But yeah, you know, they don't want to say that a lack of character led to them living in this poor oh, okay. area. I, I wasn't yeah. sure where you're right, and, and yet. You know the underlying implication of of their constantly harping on this thesis of character equals success is well, how does that not go back backwards and look at these people? So is there an implied criticism yeah. of the parents or the grandparents or you know blaming the victim right. of and, and everything that we see from like OC's grandmother and sister is that they're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working hard. They're looking out for the best interests of OC. Um, sure. And yet they're still in. You and know, yet bad poverty. bad things happen to good people, right? You, you know, uh, husbands leave, fathers leave, 
And um, you know, knee injuries happen uh, that make you have to, you know, rehabilitate. And and so it's you know another area where the film to me seems so intent on its thesis that it's not really wanting to deal with some of these complexities. Right. I, I mean, yeah, that's there. I think there's also a too easy equation of success with financial success. Right. Uh, that is to say, in the scene where the coach is talking to the player about the scholarship, and even after he graduates, you know, that final tearful mm -hmm. farewell about, you know, go have a good life. Yeah, you make know, a good life for yourself. Make a good life for yourself. As though outside of football and economic advancement, that wouldn't be possible. Mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, that is to say, the film's thesis doesn't seem to be large enough to really be able to answer what is a good life, you, right. you know, uh, aside from riches and prosperity. And in that sense, character will be revealed, that character, you know, and I think that's part of the answer, the spiritual moral answer to complexity. Uh, part of it, not the mm -hmm. whole thing, is that character does sometimes lead to success in the world's terms of business success, you know, financial success. Um, but part of how you deal with the fact that sometimes it doesn't is that the quality of life is better if you're a kind of person that you know, is a person of character than whatever your class status is, that you won't leave your family, you'll still have your family, you'll right. still have these these other things. Um, and so there there is a, this uncritical equation of the good life mm -hmm. with, as strictly speaking, financial that right. gets overlaid with this Christian language. Um, now the coaches are not overly Christian. They do give invocation at, at one point. Mm -hmm. And I think Courtney uh, says at one point early on, he's, he's in, in actually one of the funnier scenes in the film. He's, he's, um, he's getting on the players uh, for not paying attention. <laughs> and he was like, you made me swear way too much. You made me swear so much that I had to go home and ask for forgiveness or pray for, you know, pray for forgiveness. Um, and then by the end of that, he's worked himself up in the thing where he's swearing at them again. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's lightly coded, but there is this Christian overlay Very much so. uh, of I mean, the, the coaches and of Courtney uh, sort of saying we're motivated by this in part because I love coaching, and if I had the opportunity, I would do this rather right. than, uh, well, you know, than certainly... what I'm doing to make money. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, the message that he's giving to them is the only thing that's really important is making money, you know, is, is making money. Although, in my case, doing what I want is more important than, than making money. But uh, there does seem to be this kind of unreflected relationship or synergy between, you know, Christianity and the moral viewpoint and capitalism mm -hmm. and the health and wealth gospel. Sure. And, and you know, one of the things I, I did think was interesting, you know, for all of the talk that always pervades certain circles about how we're losing religion and then, you know, all this thing, every aspect of that team was just, I mean, maybe overlay is right. I mean, they're constantly praying. Um, all of the pregame meetings are taking place at a local church. Mm. Um, you know, the the church is a very important part of 
these kids' lives. When Travis is struggling a little bit, they bring in a pastor. They bring in a pastor. Talk to, um, to him. And, you know, and I, and I thought that was, you know, really inter- interesting and good. Um, and, and for that, you know, this kind of gets us around to, we, we joked a little bit about it at the beginning of our discussion, but this title, Undefeated, when demonstrably they do not have an undefeated season. Yes. In terms of wins and losses on the football field. And so I guess the question that, you know, was kind of rattling through my head, you know, five minutes into the documentary when they lose the first game is, okay, uh, you know, I mean, the cynical side of me says, oh, this is a marketing thing. And, you keep using that word. <laughs> but in what sense? You know, since, you know, the, the title's giving us this kind of context or frame for the story, I mean, it, what is the sense in which we, this film depicts an undefeated something? Right. Uh, well, I mean, I think Coach Courtney says about that first game that the knock against inner city schools is that if you get up on them early, mm-hmm. they'll lay they'll lay down, they'll right. roll over, and I think that then becomes the metaphor for these young men in terms of early in their life they have been knocked down or knocked around a lot, suffered some defeats, and in you know, in the sense of they haven't accepted de- defeat, they have had some losses, mm-hmm. but to be defeated in the film's lexicon means to have surrendered or, or to have given up. Uh, and I do think that's, uh, again, a very positive aspect Yes, that gets tied to moral character in perhaps ways that seem to me to be not particularly complex, uh, but... That is to say, I don't know that it's always a moral decision or development of character uh, to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be a result of discipline and, you know, just those nuances between what's the difference between discipline and character, between faith and mm-hmm. discipline, Right. <laughs> you, you, you know, where I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. I'm doing this because I've been trained to do that. I'm doing it because I have faith in someone who has told me, do this, you know. And I would necessarily, uh, you know, believe them, you know, or have my faith in them. Uh, you know, but the coach really stresses over and over again, even after they lose that first game, to say, well, I'm very proud of you because you didn't quit. Yeah, that first game they were down like 21 to nothing at halftime. At halftime or, or something. And they, yeah. they, even though they lost, they did come back and it's score. Like 28 to 12 or yeah, something like that. Made it respectable. Did, uh-huh. And... Um, so I think that then is supposed to be probably in a in a more skillful movie would have been underscored or the connection of that creates the foundation for the eventual success because they do I think have like five comebacks over the right. course of the season where they're behind and so you know supposedly what he's gonna see in that uh, particular game is that as long as they are willing to never roll over, they can accomplish a lot greater things than, uh, you know, than they would if they accepted defeat. And so again, part of me wanted the coach to really emphasize that message as Mm -hmm. the take home to say, okay, you're going to constantly through for the rest of your life be experiencing defeats. But if you refuse to give in with each defeat, then you will accomplish a lot more than you you want to, you know, rather than just somehow or another, try to wed that to a thesis of, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, 
as in perhaps cliched as you know the sports story can be, you know, a game of football can be a very rich metaphor for certain things. And and this and this idea, yeah, you get down early, you can come back if mm-hmm. you work hard. Um, there is going to be this constant back and forth sometimes, where the outcome is uncertain. And if you continue working hard and doing the right things and pressing, you know, you can come out on top mm-hmm. um, after a long struggle. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I'm with you. I would have liked that to, you know, given that certain other things in the film were stressed so much. Or sometimes after and, a short struggle. Or, yeah. You know, I, since I, I'm in a good place for me to end is Ecclesiastes, since mm-hmm. I know it's in the middle of Ecclesiastes. I, I mean, eventually, what... Solomon says at the end of Ecclesiastes, his his conclusion, you know, is sow your seed in the morning, in the evening, do not let your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed. Right. Whether this, you know, or, or that, or both will succeed equally well. All you can do is show up right. and do your work. And that gives you the best chance, you know, that gives you the best chance of succeeding. Uh, and I, you know, you know, I think that that message keep trying, no mm-hmm. matter how hard it is, is implicit in the material. And that's the part of the film that I responded to. And sure. Said, yes, I like this and it's good. Um, but it wasn't, it, it, I felt like it was something that I extracted out of the material, not necessarily something that the filmmakers skillfully highlighted right. to, you know, let me see. I felt like they were kept saying, look, look at this, you know, look at this pointing to the right hand of the screen or one particular theme or spotlighting it. And I was looking at something on what they thought was the margins and saying, that's the interesting part that, that I like right. over there. Well, it does sound like a good place to end. Uh, okay. <laughs> Unless there's anything else you'd like to say. No, that's, that's, um, that's kind of my take. Um, I did, I, I did enjoy the film and, you know, I do recommend it as uh, one that I think is going in wide release this week. So uh, hopefully our, you know, listeners have a chance to right. a chance to see it. Yeah, and, and I would say for myself, I went into the film. Ken had suggested it. I wasn't terribly thrilled with oh yet another sports documentary, um, but within ten minutes, I was sucked into the story, and you know, I was really rooting for these guys. Yeah, um, it's hard not to. There's and, some and 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 you know, especially the three that that, that really get focused on. It, it's really it is inspiring to see where they end up and and that's great and so um you know I, I would definitely recommend taking the time to see it all right well thank you for listening to the thin place if you have comments on this episode please visit our website at www.filmgeekradio.com to leave a comment or you can email us at the thin place at filmgeekradio.com you can also follow ken on twitter at Ken Moorfield, or at his blog, the number one, morefilmblog.com. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!